This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Middle East Report studio in Washington, D.C. Check out our website, districtsentinel.com. As we're recording this right now, things are getting pretty tense at the Venezuelan embassy uh, here in D.C. There are reports that U.S. authorities are preparing to raid it to remove the last remaining embassy protectors. Earlier this afternoon, we talked with Chip Gibbons, who's been on site at the embassy over the past week observing events. Here's another edition of Chip Chat. We've got Chip Gibbons here. What's your role again, Chip? I introduce you at the uh, beginning of every show. Wait, wait, uh, wait. I've got this. Chip sent me a DM, and I can do this. We will not let Chip suffer through the indignity of this. The same bio I send you every time. Yes. Chip Gibbons is a journalist whose work has been featured in Jacobin and the Nation. He is also the Policy and Legislative Counsel for Defending Rights and Dissent, but the views expressed here are his own, are definitely his own. Chip (laughs) is not speaking on behalf of of D-R-A-D. You can follow him on Twitter.com at Chip Gibbons 89. There it is. There it is. That's it. way better than anything I could have done. Chip, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to have Beyond Chip Chat. <laughs> I mean, since you've named the segment after me, I have to sort of come on now. You know, yeah. that's sort of how it works. It'd be weird to have like Chip Chat with Peter. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been a wild few weeks here in D.C. outside the Venezuelan embassy and inside, frankly. Uh, you have been on hand to witness a lot of this stuff. I have. Um, where do we start? Sure. So on January the 23rd, uh, Mike Pence, Vice President of the United States, uh, had a phone call with Juan Guaido. Uh, previous to this date, um, polls showed very few people in Venezuela had ever heard of who Juan Guaido <laughs> was, and I suspect maybe Mike Pence hadn't heard of him either. But during this phone call, Juan Guaido gets this brilliant idea to self-declare himself president of Venezuela because the constitution of the Venezuela allows the president of the National Assembly to assume the presidency if the president abandons his post, which clearly Maduro has not done. Clearly. Clearly not. So he, using this crackpot theory... um, that Mike Pence comes up with, declares himself president. The U.S. immediately recognizes him. It's so stupid. It's it's hard to even put into words. It, it almost sounds like what would happen if Louise Minch orchestrated some sort of uh, plot. Uh, I mean, I just recalling her many tweets about how the chief just the marshal of the Supreme Court is going to arrest Steve Bannon and execute him for treason. It kind of maybe this is a little convoluted oh. and too online, but I'm just thinking that Juan Guaido's mode here. He so might be arrested by the marshal of the Supreme Court. I, I do believe he's technically committed treason. <laughs> right. Okay. My 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 analogy has clearly fallen flat. So um, but, let us let us continue. But no. Um. So the U.S. recognizes Juan Guaido as president. The U.S. apparently thinks that just saying Juan Guaido as president will make him so. Uh, they're actually very shocked. This does not actually work. Um. But they they tell the the Venezuelan Venezuelan diplomats, they have to leave the embassy. So starting on April the 10th, a group of U.S. anti-war and peace activists with Code Pink, Popular Resistance, Black Alliance for Peace, and the Answer Coalition start living round the clock in the embassy. And on April the 24th, the last of the Venezuelan diplomatic staff vacates. And as the Sams know and people in D.C. know, 
for the longest period of time, they were having, you know, a lot of cultural events. Uh, they had, like, John Karyaku come and talk about CIA coups. Uh, I think they wanted you two to come and, and do your show there. But it, it was, it was like, a, a, a pretty chill environment. Yeah. Um, and then Juan Guaido declares a coup. Uh, 25 members of the Venezuelan military, 25 whole people defect with him on this coup that Mike Pence backs. And th- this was... The coalition of the willing. <clears throat> just the timeline here. This the, January 23, he declared himself president and assumed that maybe there would be some popular uprising. There Obvi- wasn't. There was not. And so uh, then he explicitly, Guaido explicitly called uh, for a revolt from the military, I believe, and twenty-five people showed up. <laughs> I believe he uses the word "coup" in his like Twitter live stream. Even though the Washington Post did that lengthy article, "Don't call it a coup," <laughs> you know. And it's like, oh, I wish Wong Guido had been told by the Washington. But then on that day, mysteriously, and I'm sure this is a total and complete coincidence this group of venezuelan expatriates like wealthy people who have left the country because well they don't like you know the chavez or maduro governments try to storm the embassy and at this point the situation gets very very tense and i was out there that day not not as a protester but as a a, a neutral legal observer and like the things i saw them do were utterly shocking. Uh, I saw them use racial slurs against an African-American protester. They clearly targeted protesters of color. And if you talk to any of the protesters of color, people of color who are protesting there, they definitely felt targeted. It was clear who they singled out. Um, They started this awful tactic of having air horns and sirens and setting them off in people's faces and stuff. And they not only did that to protesters, they were blowing air horns in the face of the police and banging pots and pans in the police's face because they wanted the police to blockade food. So whenever they saw like an elderly peace activist with with, with like a grocery bag, they would not only surround that person banging on their pots and pans, they would run to the police and bang on their pots and pans and yell, no food, no water, no food, no water, like, you know, giving instructions. And one of them comes up to me while I'm, you know, clearly a neutral observer, um, and starts banging a metal thing in my face, telling me she hopes I don't get any food, you know, because people in Venezuela have no food, and, you know, that's true because of the U.S. sanctions. Um, It's fairly privileged protesters getting away with stuff like blowing air horns right in the faces of police and and making noises. Yeah, making noises, yeah, uh, among residents there that... Did you see the exchange between one of the Georgetown residents? Was that just happened today? Yesterday, yesterday. She was walking by and they're all screaming at her, go home, go home, go home. Because like I guess, I mean, anyone they encounter, like I think Tim Chirac, the journalist mentioned, like they immediately start out like, "Who's paying you to be here? Who's paying you to be here?" It's well, who's paying them to be it, here. It, it takes a special type of person to make Georgetown residents seem sympathetic. Yeah. It does, but but they have managed to do it, and you can see clearly in the in the actions of these of of these uh, uh, pro Guaido protesters why Guaido has no support because these people just seem fucking detestable <laughs> they're screaming homophobic slurs i mean they're on they're on they're on video calling people homophobic slurs they sexually assaulted uh, one of the code pink activists they, on video they use a lot of misogynistic slurs um they um 
Dave, one of the individuals inside the embassy, they told her they could see the indigenous on her and that it made her ugly. Um, and they've definitely said anti-indigenous comments to fairly random people. Is there, um, is there any idea where they're coming from? I, Who's I, organizing these? I, that's a great question. I, I have no idea. Um, they're there around the clock. Um, and some of the people who are out there, I know for a fact, have disrupted events in town like there was somebody who asked a very loaded question at a danny glover event at ips and he's been out there almost every day in a suit um and then i know someone who disrupted two different dsa events at university of maryland and also followed me and the speaker in the dark unrelated to venezuela Uh, one was on venezuela one was not the first one was not on venezuela and um someone was talking about that meme where it's like you think you're against socialism, but all these things are socialist, like libraries, snowplows, the CIA prisons, and explaining like how that meme was not good. And they just, in the middle of the presentation, raised their hand, and my, my comrade makes a mistake of calling on them. Never call on someone who raises their hand in the middle of your talk. Like, if they can't even, Never. If they can't even wait the question and answer time, let me tell you, they have a comment on a question. <laughs> it's just like, what it's about, more of a Ven- comment than what a about Venezuela? Is that socialist? And then they won't like let go of, of that. And then I have a 10-minute exchange with them afterwards. But then later we did a presentation on Venezuela and they came and they were shouting during interrupting it. And the speaker, a friend of hers, and myself were, were walking back and we were going down a dark street and out of nowhere he pulls up on a bicycle. And he clearly had been waiting for us. And I've seen him at the embassy multiple times, including last night. He told me he wasn't happy to see me. I told him I was very happy to see him. So, you know. Uh but but another another incident I had, um, I have a sign that I've had out there. It says, no war with Venezuela, no war with Iran, and military aid to Saudi Arabia and Israel. My, 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 my entire foreign policy platform, basically. On a sign. And this one woman across the street was very angry at it. She kept begging me to come, come across the street. And I'm like, no, I'm not coming across the street. And she gives me two middle fingers. I smile and give her a thumbs up because, like, you know, I'm going to be the better person here. I'm holding my sign and I don't notice it. And she's this close to my face at this point. And I, I, I haven't, I'm, please note, very, very close, close very to close. people who are only listening and not in the room and I, right now. I didn't even notice her. She just goes, you support terrorists, you know? And I can only figure it was the Iran and Israel part of the sign because like everyone is out there at Venezuela related signs and no one could possibly claim ending aid to Saudi Arabia is supporting terrorism. Like that's like the world's greatest counterterrorism platform defunding Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you have a good night, ma'am. And walked away because like I was not. And my voice is still very gone from, from this. But last night was, was very dramatic. Um, the D.C. police... For the most part, the protests have been handled by Secret Service, U.S. Marshals, and Diplomatic Security Service, which is the law enforcement arm of the State Department. But uh, and their their role throughout these last few weeks has been, been to facilitate a mob. Right. They've they've pretty much sided with these counter pro, these Guaido counter protesters, haven't yeah. they? I mean, Who are assaulting people? If you yes. call and the Secret <laughs> Service, they read including a prepar- police or at least <laughs> blowing sound machines in if their face. If you call the Secret Service, not that we care about assaulting cops, but <laughs> this is like one of two times in my life I've like actually found a cop to be sympathetic <laughs> same with georgetown residents you know yeah uh but if you call secret service they're like you know we're not facilitating or blocking food 
but they let the um, fascist mob like beat up people who tried to bring food, and then they would arrest the people who were beat up for assault. So like, you Amazing. know, that's called facilitating a mob. In it, Chip Gibbons' parlance, we call that facilitating a mob. But a couple days ago, Secret Service has vanished, and NBD, DC Police, Metropolitan Police Department, that's what the DC Police are called, um, have taken over. And yesterday they posted an eviction notice on the door, <laughs> And they started reading the eviction notice. And I, I heard it a bunch of times. So I was out there last night. And in the eviction notice, it says, we do not recognize the legitimacy of the former Maduro regime. That's pretty uh, uh, you, DC shocking <laughs> that a local police department thinks it can insert itself into also, a fucking global former Maduro regime. Like, like, whether you like him or not, he is kind of the de facto... Sounds like, yeah, it sounds like Marco Rubio wrote that eviction notice. But, uh, so, 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 I'm not sure if it was Maduro the... Maduro crime family. Metro, the former Maduro crime family. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was the Secret Service or the Metro Police, but one of them shut the power off to the embassy. Yes, yes. So the which, isn't that a violation of international law? It sounds like it would be. They cut the power off on Wednesday of last week um, they claimed that the coup ambassador asked Pepco to do so but I mean that is his name's not on the Pep Juan Guaido's name is not on the Pepco bill on Saturday they cut water off um, so they're trying to get people to, they were trying to get them to leave voluntarily and then last night they started with the eviction notice and everyone inside, including several journalists who were, I guess, embedded. Is that a neutral term? I mean, after the Iraq war, embedded sounds so terrible. But, yeah. Uh, but well, yeah. They're embedded. They're embedded. They're embedded. Uh, left, but four people remained inside and they brought out um, the fire department with bolt cutters. First, they had to clear the, the mob from out front. You could see them sort of being like, what do we do? And it's like, well, you allowed a lawless mob to gather out front, and now you can't even evict the people from the embassy because of it? Well, what a, what a situation of your own choosing. Uh, but they got them to leave, and they brought out bolt cutters. They cut down the door. Um, and I, I, I somehow was live streaming, and I got stuck in with the Guaido supporters, so I had to cease my commentary. Oh, God. And then I wrote, like, I'm no longer making comments because I'm in with the right-wing opposition, and the woman behind me goes, we're not right-wing. I'm like, are you reading <laughs> yeah. my phone? Yes. And then, like, 45 <laughs> minutes later, she grabs a, a random black person and shoves her in my face and goes, this is the right-wing opposition you're looking for. This is the right-wing opposition you're looking for. I'm like... I'm not talking to you at all. Like, like you have a problem. Given how poorly this coup is going, well, the raid for... goes even more poorly. This oh, raid, yeah. this, this raid. So they cut the bolts off. The attorney for the um, remaining uh, embassy protective, protective collective members goes up there with them. This has been going on for like hours now. They have a long conversation. Then they seal the door back with zip ties, and it turns out what happens was the embassy protectors who were inside told them they would come out but only in accordance with international law and the dc police were like okay goodbye <laughs> <laughs> like they spent the entire afternoon and they had an l-raid sound cannon too like yeah. like like sound <laughs> and and this goes on for like six hours and the final result is like we won't come out this violates international law and the dc 
good. I'm glad. Just goes, okay, goodbye. Let's seal the door of zip ties. Well, that's above my pay grade. I guess we'll get out of here now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to happen now. And, 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 and the mob was really angry. They started yelling shame on you at the police. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a fun crowd. So given how poorly this coup is going for uh, Guaido and Marco Rubio and gang, uh, I mean, they've got like what twenty five soldiers they got to uh, defect. That's twenty five uh, more than I expected. <laughs> wh- like, it seems who's controlling the embassy in Washington D.C. seems like the least of the worries for the people it's who are supporting the coup. It's become very symbolic, though. Yeah. Because I mean, the 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 people living inside of the embassy, they're not occupying the embassy. They're there with the express permission of the government of Venezuela that the UN recognizes and what is the de facto government. So the UN, I mean, Elliot Abrams is like, oh, they're breaking the law. We got to arrest them. So clearly, you know, for people who are frustrated that after multiple coups and one of the most popular chants on our side has been Juan Guaido is a fake. How many coups does it take? (laughs) In reference to the fact that, you know, he keeps having coups and they keep their, even with the most powerful belligerent military force on the planet backing him he you know you know, john bolton and elliot abrams you know they're not bad at, at coup mongering right um but even with their support um uh, juan guaido how many coups will it take um and so they're just incensed about that and they're taking out their aggression on the embassy and now that's failed and they're really really angry and i'm i'm I mean, it's frightening to be out there at times, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it seems like it, that uh, it, there's just really like uh, thuggish, mafiosi-style tactics from, from the uh, Guaido supporters. And, and the other thing I observed last night was there was a gentleman in a blue suit with a Venezuela lapel pin on. He spoke to the opposition people in Spanish. I don't know who he was. And he was giving orders to the MPD. So clearly some sort of coup official was, at, for a certain portion of the evening last night, in command of the D.C. police, huh. which, you know, says a lot. Um, and, and the other thing I want to point out is that, you know, whatever criticisms people might have of, of Maduro or his government, and I, I know there are debates within the Venezuelan left about, you know, has he always made the right choice? Is he the best heir to Chavez or not? I mean, it's not my place to make those decisions. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's for, for, for the Venezuelans to decide. You, know, you, you hear this narrative that, like, you know, 20 years ago, Venezuela was a rich nation and now it's in shambles. But if you just go back 10 years ago when Chavez was alive, I mean, Venezuela consistently polled international polls second for like most satisfaction with their democracy of any country in Latin America. And I imagine they were more satisfied with their democracy than we were, um, which I acknowledge that probably poll would not show that right now. And there are grievances. But, you know, by the end of the Chavez administration, poverty had gone been cut in half by 50 percent illiteracy extreme poverty by 70 percent the people outside screaming about 20 years of tyranny these are people who want to overturn the gains of the last 20 years and it's possible i don't know that the current government has made mistakes that will cause those gains to be lost permanently i'm not saying that's not plausible i'm not saying that's the case either but the people outside do not support those gains they want to roll back 
things before Chavez. And 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 one thing about you know we we can deduce from from sort of you know popular opinion about Venezuela, whatever the popularity of the current president is at any one moment, there's no desire to go back to pre-Chavez days. You know, there's no desire to bring back this homophobic, racist, right-wing mob and let them run the country again. And Guaido, want, if I'm not mistaken, wants to... Uh... <clears throat> privatize everything. Well, yeah, go back, especially on the oil privatization, back to like what it was in like the 80s or 90s. Uh, and um, yeah, all, all to that speed... What you were describing also speaks to his uh, unpopularity and incompetence, because obviously there are problems going on right now in Venezuela. Many which are because of the sanctions. And many, many not which all, because, but many. Not, yes, and you would, regardless, you would it, it would seem that a uh, figure could take advantage of this to uh, try to uh, amass power or gain power. But all Guaido seems to want is a fucking coup and everyone hates him. uh, And now he is reportedly reaching out to the Pentagon for military assistance. Yes, he's reached out to the Pentagon for military assistance. And and, and it was as a staffer for, I think, his envoy in D.C., uh, what, Carlos Vecchio is that his That's name? That's the ambassador. Uh, yeah, the right. Ambassador the, quotation the, marks. The, fa- the fake Guaido. Fake Guaido is fake ambassador. Who can't issue visas or passports, but needs to sit in the embassy. And is also writing a letter to Southcom asking them to intervene. Pleasant guy. Pleasant guy. Pleasant guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, U.S. Sounds sa- like a dick. U.S. sanctions <laughs> since 2017 have killed 40,000 Venezuelans. There are people with HIV in Venezuela who cannot get HIV medication and will die because of the U.S. sanctions. There are people who are diabetic and cannot get insulin because of the U.S. sanctions and will die. 40,000 people have already been murdered already by our government who wants to roll back any sort of government that proposes, you know, sovereignty for the global south, an alternative to neoliberalism, and doesn't want to just privatize all their oil and hand it over to, to U.S. oil companies, and a U.S. war in Venezuela will kill a hell of a lot more than 40,000 people. At the end of the day, John Bolton, Elliot Abrams, Mike Pompeo are not humanitarians. They are vile war criminals, and any designs they have on Venezuela are not humanitarianly motivated. I think that's pretty well said. Uh, should we end things there? Why not? Let's do it. Chip Gibbons. Follow him on Twitter at Chip Gibbons89. 89. The 89th Chip Gibbons. Thanks again to Chip. That'll do it for District Sentinel Radio today. Thanks to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, the Middle East Report. Find it at merip.org. The newscast is back tomorrow. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.